Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actors Space. This podcast is brought to you with the support of Creatives at Work. My name is Laura Key, and I will be your host for this series. In the Actors Space, we talk about the working actor's life. How do we pursue our love for acting while navigating the business side of this craft? We aim to create more conversations about the challenges of building a sustainable acting career in Singapore. And today, in episode five, actor training, yay or nay, we explore what actor training is all about. And is training really necessary for actors in Singapore? In this episode, my guest is founder and artistic director of Hark Center of Acting and Creativity, Kamil Hark. Thank you so much, Kamil, for joining me today. Hello. So, can you share a little bit? Perhaps about your background in acting. So I am a lifelong actor. I knew from a very young age that I wanted to act. Growing up in Singapore in the eighties and nineties, there were not that many options other than Act Three and Julie Gabriel's stuff that you could do as a kid. Post A levels, I didn't necessarily want to study theatre studies at NUS,、uh, and the opportunity came up for me to go overseas to LA. To go to acting school there, so I went to the Lee Strasberg Institute in LA for two years. I ended up teaching there for six years after finishing the program, and then、uh, shortly after that, came back to open HCAC. That's a very interesting journey, actually, having gone all the way from here to LA and then back to Singapore after that. So, you know, what was your experience like in LA? Uh, well, when I first moved over there, the context is 2005, so it's shortly after 9/11. Not necessarily a bad thing for someone who looks like me. And so, in terms of work available, it was、uh, a great time for me because I got to do a lot of Middle Eastern terroristy type things.、Uh, in terms of the social sort of adjustment, that was a little bit difficult simply because. Coming from Singapore, you have this fantasy image of what LA and Hollywood is going to be like, and it's、uh, it's a really lonely city because、mm. everybody is in the same industry. The whole city revolves around the industry, and so it is very hard for you to build relationships. I didn't know anyone moving over there, so I had to figure out、uh, how to build my community, how to build my craft. I knew not enough or not really anything about actor training, and I knew that when I Got to work. It was almost always exclusively、uh, in roles that were reflective of what was going on in the news, which is、uh, Middle East terrorism. So after going there, right? What made you go into actor training then? I went to speak to my childhood mentor, who、uh, her name was Julia Gabriel, and she ran the Julia Gabriel Center. And I knew I really wanted to study acting in theater, and so she suggested that I take a look at some schools overseas, and so she. Named me a couple schools in Australia, some in London, some in the States, and within that same conversation, she also offered me a job to teach、uh, her special needs kids. I spent、uh, all of two thousand and four teaching speech and drama, working with special needs kids, and it was the first time that I had realized that it had awoken a very latent part of me that spoke to the core essence of who I am and my my identity, and so. Uh, when I went to the Strasbourg Institute and I looked at the schedule, I was like,、uh, "Yeah,、uh, no, I don't want to do the classes here."、And、like, huh? What do you mean? You you came all the way here. We've given you the schedule. It's time to pick your classes. 
I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I, I don't really want to study here. I, I want to teach here. And they're like, huh? What? And basically, the administrator at the time, she said, listen, uh, clearly this conversation is going nowhere. If you can pick <laughs> these classes and you can finish the program in the two-year program, then we'll have a conversation as to whether you can teach in the school. And by the sixth or seventh month into the program, I found my, my mentor, Hedy Sontag, and I spoke to her and I said, hey, would you be willing to take me under your wing and teach me how to teach? So I was there for a total of, of eight years. I, I did the two-year program and then uh, I taught there for six years. So I think bringing the conversation back to Singapore actors, perhaps people who really do want to become actors or who are currently actors, right? If they want to find like actor training in Singapore, what kind of options are there at the moment? If you really want to be a professional actor and you don't have the, the privilege to go overseas, you've got uh, LaSalle, uh, which is where you can do a diploma or a degree. You can go to NAFA. I believe you can also do a diploma or a degree. You can go to uh, Intercultural Theatre Institute, which I believe they've got a three-year diploma program. And your last option would be uh, NUS Theatre Studies, which is, I believe, a three- or four-year degree program. That's the assumption being that you want to be a professional actor. In and around the island, there are programs that are run by theatre companies, almost sort of like as an adjunct to the shows that they produce throughout a calendar year. So, for example... The Singapore Repertory Theatre has their Young Company. Uh, Wild Rice has their Young and Wild program. Uh, Pangdemonium has, I think, a triple threat program or something of that nature. There's HCAC, of course. There, there exists various programs that one can do. It, it, it really is incumbent on, what, uh, on the participant knowing what exactly they want out of these programs. So if I were a new actor, right? And I completely did not know like how to get started. What sort of training would you suggest that I would start with? That's a that's honestly it's a that's a tough question to answer simply because I think the presupposition there is that that young actor starting out is aware that they need training. And that begs the larger question of does the landscape itself actually value training? And if I were to be very blunt and honest, I don't think it actually values training. And, and again, if we look at the landscape as a content creator's market and not an artist's market, the young actor would then look at, well, how do I build up a social media following, start my own TikTok account and Instagram account? That would be probably a young actor's first priority versus training. I completely understand in the, in the sense that uh, the landscape in Singapore doesn't really value training, I would say, in a way. But of course, if you do want to up your level, perhaps if you have an innate desire to be better at your craft or to be better at what you do, I think inevitably at some point in that career, actors will start thinking, you know, what can I do to get better? And actually, I've met younger actors who have gone to some of the schools in Singapore. So they do have this desire to kind of, you know, I want to learn something. A lot of the schools that I've been to as well, they teach things like, how do you act angry? <laughs> how do you act surprised? How do you play disgusted? I've done things yep, like that before. Yep, yep. So, so 
coming from your background, mm. what would you say would be the best way for these actors to kind of get proper or like more adequate training? Well, I suppose let's let's uh, uh, address uh, uh, that form of training that that you that you just uh, acknowledged, where there exists a form of training which is emotional results result specific training. To be politically correct, which is be sad, be angry, be happy, and in the grand scheme of actor training, that is maybe the worst form of training that you can do. However, the caveat being, if you've got no training at all, the fact that you're undergoing some training, even training like that, is of value. Should you realize that that there's got to be more, then of course there are. Other avenues with which you can train, or other aspects of the craft that you can train, around the world today there are about thirteen different methodologies of of actor training that exist. You can consider these almost like like brand names, like your Gucci, your Chanel, your Prada.、Uh, all of these are brand names that were created by master teachers, and why they've become brand names is because many of their students have become. Your household names that you've seen on TV, film, theater, so on and so forth, and so these methodologies of acting, in and of itself, while having a different approach, all have the same end result, which is how do you get the actor to behave as honestly, as truthfully, as realistically, regardless of the medium, regardless of the genre with which they're doing their work. How do you train and tune your body? How do you tune your brain? Meaning. Script analysis. How do you look at scripts? How do you understand, say, the subtext、uh, of a script? What are the muscles that you're building to understand the psychology of a character? And so, the the actor who is hungry for training would examine、uh, the physical, the mental, the spiritual aspects of actor training, and、uh, in and of itself, the the aspects of self care. And 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 self soothing, so that you can look after yourself in between projects as well. Actually, that also ties in with、uh, a training that I am doing right now: the body, the mind, and the spirit. But I think what is really essential is also connecting these three. I think that's something that a lot of Singaporeans face, like how we are very in tune with our minds, but whatever we think might not be demonstrated in our bodies. And you're not wrong there, and it's not the fault of the Singaporean actor that they have the an inability to connect brain with body, simply because we're not a very physical people to begin with. Our first instinct is not to、uh, dive in and try and and get our hands dirty.、Uh, we're almost always in our heads, and so therefore it's not a surprise where when it comes to acting or actor training that we prioritize the. Um, perhaps the intellectualization、uh, of art. I mean,、um, you know, our people's first exposure to to script work would probably be Shakespeare in secondary school. It's a very literature-based kind of analysis. Correct, correct. <laughs> and, and and Shakespeare didn't write his work to be analyzed to death. He wrote his work to be acted out. You're right to say that we don't yet have a sufficient grounding in connecting brain with. With body, let alone brain with heart. A lot of times, we analyze our scripts, perhaps based on a results base or emotions base. You know, this person is angry here, this person is upset there. You know, happy here, revengeful there.、Um, this is what the end result of what we want the audience to see, but not really what 
the character is feeling or what the character wants to do. I agree. I agree. And if I could say one thing to that, it would be anyone looking to examine a, a script, they might be uh, more appropriately served by looking at the character from a series of tasks, from a series of problems, from a series of objectives that they might have. And you would be pleasantly surprised to see what more interesting results you can get from seeing a character through that lens than the lens of just emotions. Mm. Because we always want to see characters struggle to what, get what they want. We want to see characters really striving for something rather mm. than just feeling sad Correct. or feeling anxious. Correct. Because if you think about <laughs> it as well, I mean, look, in life, we don't act to show. We, we act to cover up. And so it's more interesting to see you know, the if Laura, you would ask me if I'm having a really, really, really shitty day, and if you ask me, you know, how are you doing, Camille? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's great. You know, couldn't be better. You know, and I know that we're both uh, that I'm I'm lying, and that and and you go, oh yeah, okay, good, good, good. Uh, I hope I'll talk to you soon. We're both complicit <laughs> in this lie, and yet it is way more an interesting a story to see from an audience point of view. And so the same thing lends itself to the work of the actor. It's way more interesting to see a character fight against the emotion than to give in to the emotion because we don't do that in life. Why would we want to do that on stage or on, on TV or for that matter? Now, do you want to delve a little bit into method acting? Sure, sure. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about method acting. You know, Heath Ledger and of course a lot of negative examples, perhaps, of what method acting is all about. So in your words, what do you think method acting is? Method acting is, if you already have some sort of a sustainable career and uh, craft as an actor, uh, surprise, surprise, you're a method actor. What does it actually mean? It basically means that you've got a methodical way of preparing as an actor. That's it. Method acting at no point in time I said an actor must suffer, must bleed, must lock themselves in a bedroom for 30 days straight. Must sit on a wheelchair. Must sit in a wheelchair. <laughs> All of those things are processes that those actors have done to help them achieve a result. That doesn't mean that that has to be your process. Your process is something that you can rely on time and time again, regardless again of genre, regardless again of medium uh, of work where you have a way of getting into the character, playing the character, and then getting out of the character and switching it off as quickly as you switch it on. And it does not, and it should not ever uh, involve you having to hurt yourself. I think it goes back to the self-care as well, taking care of yourself, especially as actors. I think we put so much of ourselves sometimes into our characters, living a different life. And sometimes it can be difficult I guess, to pull yourself out of that state. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the one of the things that, that I, I share with the community that I work with is that this work will be draining, it will be taxing, it will cost you something, but it shouldn't ever have to hurt you. And the day it starts hurting you, you're, you're probably doing it wrong because people often mistake suffering for your art with having to hurt yourself for your art. The suffering comes from the fact that you are maybe not going to be as financially well off as your peers in banking and finance and tech. The suffering might come from missed opportunities in maybe 
wanting to build a family or missed opportunities in having that healthy bank balance. And so that's where the the suffering comes into it. But that suffering need not come at the expense of now I'm doing drugs because I had to play a drug dealer or I'm now addicted to cigarettes because my character smokes or um, now I have the excuse to be an asshole to people on set or I have the excuse to be rude to people because, oh, my character is a gangster. So therefore, I don't need to be polite to the crew. The beautiful thing about our craft is that because it's a business at the end of the day, it will weed out the people who are not necessarily contributing to the growth of the work and the craft. I think also at the end of the day is to be a decent person first and foremost, because it is work, it is, you know, you're, you're building this career with other people around you. So even as you are doing your work, performing all that, it's to really treat people around you well. Absolutely. As well as Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Amen to that. Another thing uh, one of my friends did mention once before is that she said that uh, she did not need to go for classes uh, because she could learn from YouTube or she could learn from books. I am very much in the camp of your friend. I I think that a large bulk of actor training can actually be self-study from YouTube and books. The very fact that your friend is already doing that puts them way ahead of the game already just simply because they are developing for themselves a critical eye as to what makes good acting, what makes good craft uh, of acting. The hope would be that your friend has enough physical safety, let alone psychological safety in her own bedroom, in her own home, to practice the things that she is learning from these books and these videos. Otherwise, it ends up just being very top-heavy and very brain-heavy and very body-empty. And so if not at home, if not in her bedroom, then does she have community spaces that she can go to to read scripts with her friend, try scenes with her friend. So yeah, by all means, read, watch the videos, but also find ways to practice however that might manifest. And finding a community, as you mentioned, is actually quite important as well. Mm. Because a lot of times I feel as actors, we don't really work in silo. We really do need to do scenes because even though we do monologues and all that, a lot of work eventually is in scene work, Mm. is in doing scenes with other people. So I think it's good to have a community of people around who you can practice with. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I suppose that's where the paradox of the community of acting sort of comes into play, where you, you're you aware that of this craft is to be able to build worlds with other people. But the reality is, is outside of these productions, it is a very, very lonely profession. And so then therefore... What is the actor doing in those in-between project moments when you don't have the next casting thing, you don't have the next rehearsal, you don't have the next day that you're supposed to show up on set? The mind can play tricks on you where you begin to question, you know, what if I never work again? Am I good enough? All of these things come into play when you are alone. But the truth is, is that you will spend most of your career actually alone. It's then... How do you build these pockets of community, as you were saying, to practice Mm. so that you're not always alone? And how do you value the times when you are on set so that people want to work with you more? Which goes back to what uh, you were saying just now about just being being a pleasant, being nice to be around. 
So I think um, we have been talking a lot about Singapore and Singapore actors. What if you want to venture out of Singapore, like what you did? If you want to go to LA, which is a dream for some people, I think, or perhaps to, I don't know, other countries, do you think actor training or some form of uh, training is essential there? Oh, 100% it's essential uh, over there. And simply because it's a far larger talent pool over there, which already means that the job market is way more competitive for for an actor. Uh, and then therefore, what are you doing to make sure that you have that competitive advantage over a peer who looks like you, who sounds like you, then therefore the hope that if the casting director is willing to look beyond the superficiality of, of looks and aesthetics, that they might consider craft and training. I think the the other aspect that one needs to consider uh, as far as making a sustainable career in this work is understanding the business side of show business, which is uh, a severely underestimated aspect of, of the work. If a Singaporean actor has the ability and opportunity and the privilege, I stress the privilege, meaning the, the socioeconomic privilege to go overseas, it would then be incumbent on that individual to also ask themselves, what is my long-term goal out of this? Am I looking to make this a one-way ticket out of this country and then build a life and a career overseas? Am I looking to go there for a summer program and then come back to Singapore? What are my options as far as being able to be a working actor? Essential questions that, that an actor needs to ask themselves. Or do I want to go there and teach actors? Or do I want to go there and learn how to teach? Yes. yeah. I think it's very important as well because as Singapore actors, sometimes you can't really look at our local context alone. I mean, mind you, you know, we are an island of 5.5 million people, 5.5 million plus people now. And, you know, we, we are, we've moved into the stage of like, films being made by Singaporeans to films made with Singaporeans. And so there is the understanding that we can create content that can go beyond our island. It's just that not enough of it goes beyond the island in a way that can sustain a career and a life. Okay, so finally, can you share with us what is your hope for Singapore actors? My hope for Singapore actors that from a training point of view that we begin to value training more, that we begin to connect brain to body more, that we allow ourselves to embrace failure and embrace uh, the physicality of the work, that we begin to embrace the inner life of the craft of the work and not just the outer life, the teeth and tits side of, of the craft. The hope for the Singaporean actor is that we can begin to aspire to create uh, more engaging content that speaks to more voices around the world that we find the, the courage and the audacity to venture overseas. And now the time is ripe where um, Asians are the hot button thing. How can we jump on that train and say, hey, listen, while you're here, why don't you stay here for a while? Because we've got some We've got some stuff to show you if you just give us the, the opportunity. And also, I guess in Singapore context itself, it's also how do we appreciate arts more? 
you know, beyond the financial side, beyond the intellectual side, beyond the economic side of things, how do we value arts and sports as well, even more? Which then lends itself to not just the hope for the Singaporean artist, but the hope for the Singaporean audience. It's the audience being hungry for more stories from their own backyard, for stories that are not superficial or stereotypical, um, for uh, the belief that we can create work that is challenging and that addresses maybe lesser known issues or topics that we don't often talk about and that the audience can also begin to respect the artist for the sacrifices that we make to put on the work that uh, comforts and entertains the audience in times of need. So uh, just to end off, do you want to share with us, do you have any social media handle we can get in touch with you? Uh, on, on Instagram, you can find me uh, at Kamhak, K-A-M-H-A-Q. Uh, fair warning, I post mostly food and fitness photos and not a lot about the work because that's just my own personal thing. Let me just put it out there to any, any artist in any stage of their career or any audience member who is hungry for more, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, if you feel lost or confused or you don't know where to go or you have other questions that uh, the answers have not been given to you within this podcast or the other episodes, I know that this work can be very daunting. And as I mentioned, it can feel really lonely. Uh, and know that you're not alone and that I invite you to reach out to me, message me, and I'm more than happy to sit with you to answer any questions that you might have. It's my life's work to make sure that that we have a community and an industry that can continue to grow. So know that I'm here for you, whatever you need. All right. And with that, thank you so much, Camille, for joining me today. Thank you, Laura. The life of a working actor, especially if you're working freelance, can be a really lonely journey at times. So it helps to build a community that you can practice with and grow together with. And when it comes to actor training, it can be daunting to think about what kind of training you need or if you even need training in the first place. But I think that we as actors, at the very foundation, we need to learn to connect our body, mind and spirit. So as always, if you want to continue the conversation, you can drop me a comment or message on my socials. I can be found at LT on Instagram. And in the meantime, please follow Freelance Creative Exchange. Rate and review us and tell your friends all about the actor space. In our next episode, we talk about finances. How can we better manage our finances so that we can survive and thrive and build a more sustainable and long-lasting acting career? So I'll catch you again next time.